And I would consider if I considered myself a failure and shut it down because of that, I wouldn't be where I am today. We're now we're in the multi-million and this is only three and a half years later. Do you want to grow your business bigger and faster? A free audit of your Amazon business can help you see and avoid threats and find missed golden opportunities. I generally charge $150 or more per hour, but this would be free. You can be a reseller or a brand owner. All I ask is that you're doing a few thousand dollars a month in sales already. Just visit myamazonaudit.com, scroll down, click on Amazon Audit, and book in a time. That's M-Y-A-M-A-Z-O-N-A-U-D-I-T.com. Look forward to speaking to you on your audit. Hey there, folks. Uh, this is Michael Vies again from Amazing FBA. And today is the 10K Collective podcast, particularly for six, seven, and eight-figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers. Uh, today, we're going to talk about something that a lot of people who sell on Amazon aspire to, but often don't create very successfully, which is creating a profitable D2C site. It's one thing to create a Shopify site or WooCommerce, whatever the platform is, but it's another thing to get sales and it's yet another thing to get profitable sales. Not easy, but there is a whole approach and a philosophy that goes with it. And Samantha Kazuch, our guest today from Manuscripting, has absolutely got it cracked. As she and her fiancé, I should say, they seem to be very much of a team. So do listen up and take notes as ever. Uh, if you want to follow Samantha and see what she's been up to on uh, social media, which is, I think, an integral part of her success with the brand, follow at Samantha Kazuch, that's K-O-Z-U-C-H, that's Samantha K-O-Z-U-C-H on Instagram. Or if you want to get 15% off one of her wonderful journals, particularly geared to women at the moment, the men's one is coming out apparently, um, then go to amazingfba.com forward slash manuscripting, M-A-N-I-S for sugar, C-R-I-P-T-I-N-G, like manuscripting, only with a U and I instead of a U. Cunning bit of branding there. Okay, I hope you enjoy the show and uh, see you at the other end. There's uh, a lot of wisdom in that. And I think you put your finger on it, really. I think for me, one of the resistances I have to it is there's a sort of attention between the business stuff I do, some of which I enjoy and some of which I don't enjoy and like any aspects of life and then the music side which i feel like i've got part of my identity out there in social media so me people may have that in fact you know with their their day job if they're starting off from scratch and they still got the day job they can then sometimes be careful to keep it from the boss but more likely it's just a bit confusing and so blending who you are now with where your business is going and being true to yourself to, to your point i think it's kind of simple but profound wisdom really and you embody that and i guess they're also if you really want to do something that's very, very different from who you are, it doesn't make much sense to go on social media, but then you can't tap into, as you yes. said, that thing of connecting with the founder. You are setting it up to be a rather split personality and you have to yeah. kind of live with that, I guess, or embrace actually being on a mission, which I think is more fun. I, I would say for sure to anyone out there who's, who's listening and thinking, oh, I just want to make money. I, I can tell you that the people I know who make money in pretty much every case, I think, enjoy the game. They may not enjoy all the aspects of it, but they're yeah. either good at it and quietly enjoy it, or they, they just relish the, the game, actually. Yeah. And yeah. the people I know that are making good money, I don't think they want to have their business taken away. And actually, weirdly enough, the people I know who sold their businesses seem a bit like lost puppies sometimes. They're like, this is not right for them. They should be yeah. in business because it's actually more about the game than you think. But anyway, so I just wanted to sort of, if you're a bit more on the skeptical side, just knock on the head the idea that you can just make money because I've never seen anyone do that. <laughs> They yeah. actually normally care. So making a direct-to-consumer site profitable, 
first of all, why did you start and direct consumer side? Because I know you told me that before we started that you did that. What, why did you make that decision when Amazon in some ways does so much of the work for you? Yeah. So when we first started the company, I built on Shopify, obviously, and we used social media to sell. So I didn't want to get on Amazon right away. And that is because my fiance, he's had a couple businesses on Amazon. And I've just heard so many horror stories from other people on Amazon with not how far it is. It's how it's a beast of its own. I've had friends that have had their brands shut down on Amazon. I've had friends that have had their money held up by Amazon for random reasons. A lot of them were just zero fairness at all. So it kind of like scared me a little bit. I'm like, wait, if we're doing right now really well on Shopify, like let's just hold off. And then finally we got to a point where it's like, okay, we just have to enter the game. Like we have to, people shop on Amazon. I shop on Amazon every day. Like we just have to be there. But what the cool thing about it was, is when we got on Amazon, we didn't dive straight into doing paid marketing there or running any ads on Amazon. But what we did notice is because we were running paid marketing on Facebook, Instagram, Meta, uh, what we did notice is as we started increasing spend there, we noticed that sales on Amazon started going up as well. So we treat Amazon kind of as our overflow bucket, because just think about it, how you shop. And I think about even how I shop. I'll see an ad on Instagram or Facebook and immediately, like sometimes I'll go to the website and I'll see and I'll go to check out. And I'm like, oh, three to five days, you know, whatever. I'm like, let me jump over to Amazon because I want this item immediately. And I'll then go to Amazon. I'll find that same item, right, from that same shop. And it's, you know, prime delivery next day or two day or whatever. I'm like, perfect. I'm buying it there. So how we treated Amazon is just kind of as our overflow bucket which was working really, really great. And then now, over the last probably six-ish months, we've been spending a little tiny bit of paid marketing on Amazon itself. And it's just, you know, enhanced our sales there. So we use it. I don't use it as our primary place to sell. It's really just the overflow. It's for that person that comes across. And I don't even advertise it. For example, it's not advertised that we're on Amazon on our website. I don't pull people away, you know, if they come to even, I don't even promote it on our email marketing or Facebook or Instagram that we're on Amazon, nothing like that. Because if I'm getting that consumer from there, I want them to buy straight from us, right? Like what's the point of paying all those extra fees to Amazon when, you know, we, we got that customer directly, but we'd have noticed a big overflow going, like, especially when it comes to increasing spend over here, we noticed the sales coming in over here, which has been really, really great. So that's how we've utilized Amazon. Very interesting. And so you really are seeing Amazon in a multi-channel way, but instead of seeing it as a sort of extra channel, you're really focusing things on, you're allowing Amazon to do what it does, which is swallow yeah. the internet by default, right? So in the e-commerce, if you're not consciously pushing them over to somewhere else, everyone gravitates to Amazon, you included and me included, right? We all do it. So great. That that's, seems obvious when you say it that way, but that's actually kind of not very common. The only other instance I've come across that one member of the mastermind we had for a while had sort of an agency for one company, basically, who was, didn't want to actually go and just, you know, fly to America and move, move countries and work for them. I think it's the only reason they had that, that setup. But again, they spent, you know, crazy amounts of money on Facebook mm -hmm. ads and drove a lot of extra website sales. And as they sort of side effect, they, they doubled the Amazon sales and we're talking about from a million a month to 2 million. <laughs> that's a hell of a side effect, but that sounds like a similar mentality to what you guys have got, but the, the primary focus is on the brand, 
the connection with your own community and the D2C site, right? And that's, yeah. that's very, very wise, I think. So, so you're not wrong about the horrors of Amazon. I mean, I, I've dealt with enough sudden emails from clients going, help, my account's being suspended. Do you know somebody deals with this? I'm like, the answer is yes. Don't touch anything. Do not send in a weird plan of action that is not thought through. But it's a horrendous situation. So yeah, I'm with you on that. Nobody wants to be exposed to that. No. But tell me about the, the Shopify. So obviously you made that conscious decision for, for sort of, if you like, negative reasons, staying away from Amazon. But tell me about the sort of positive reasons for, for Shopify. I mean, first of all, the economics of it. You've talked about repeat business, and that's really critical because the lifetime customer value is so high, and that balances out the cost of acquiring the customer, the, the usual equation for the D2C side, right? So how does the economics of your Shopify side work, if I may ask such questions? Yeah, as far as which part of it? Great question. I don't even know. I, I mean, all I know is that I've got um, clients who have an Amazon uh, side to their business that's working really well, and they sell on Shopify and the thing breaks even. And sometimes we're talking $10,000 a month. Sometimes we're talking you know, $100,000 a month. But I, I don't know many people who are that great at making it profitable if they are multi-channel. So I suppose yeah. that's what's behind my question. So let's imagine that you had one of those people in front of them. What, mm-hmm. How would you help to turn their business to the point where their D2C side is profitable too? Yeah, I feel like with the side on Shopify, it's how we're driving. Like we're, like I mentioned, we're fully focused on driving any sort of paid marketing media. So Facebook, Instagram, oh, I didn't even mention TikTok. So we have a large account on TikTok as well. And we focus on driving all traffic to that Shopify account. And I think it comes down to, again, we're building that community, the content that we're putting out, like I'm putting out content every single day on the manuscripting journals, Instagram, and even ads and stuff. It's really creating that content to drive people to fall in love with your product before they even get to your website. And that's also why we didn't start on Amazon because on Amazon, you have couple pictures in your listing, you have a video, you have a brand page listing. But ultimately, this is why even when we, and I know we're going to talk about this probably, but when we tried to go into brick and mortar, our product didn't do well. And that's because when someone looked at it in the store, you know, it's a journal, sure, they'll buy a journal, but I can sell someone in a 15, 30, 60 second reel or ad or piece of content I can tell them exactly what the journal is, what it's for, no, 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 right? And then immediately they're like, oh my God, I need that. And they're going to come by on my shop. So I think it also comes down to if you're breaking even on your Shopify store, how are you sending traffic there? And it's not even just about how your website looks. Like I feel like most people, if they're going to come to your shop and click to your shop, like they're already wanting to buy the thing because they're already pre-sold on it. So I think for anyone, I'd love to know for anyone that's struggling to make profit on their Shopify shop, like what are you doing prior in your steps to really sell the customer on that item already? So that's kind of what I would look into. Yeah. Do you want to grow your Amazon business bigger or faster? I bet you do. If so, a free audit of your Amazon business can help you see and avoid threats and find some golden missed opportunities. Generally, I charge at least $150 an hour these days for my time, but this is free. You can be a reseller or a brand owner. All I ask 
is that you're doing at least a few thousand dollars a month in sales. If you are, just go to myamazonaudits.com, scroll down, click on Amazon Audit and book in a time and we'll see each other on a Zoom call. That's M-Y-A-M-A-Z or Z-O-N-A-U-D-I-T.com. Thank you very much for listening and I hope to see you on a call soon. Thanks for listening to the 10K Collective podcast for six and seven figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening. Brilliant. So really, what you're saying is the site may or may not be good, but what's probably missing is what they're doing before. And I think you're right. And I think about the people, and I've got in mind a couple of examples, that they're quite analytical people, so they're good at sourcing stuff and doing the numbers on the spreadsheet, and so you should, to make sure that it's profitable. Yeah. But they weren't social media creatures and they're, they're both quite numbers and operations driven, which is great, but they needed somebody in their business. And it, maybe that it wasn't their mind. They need a consultant, maybe somebody like yourself to come yeah. in and say, right, so you've got to build some, you've got to tap into people's emotional drivers and needs and, and real needs, not just a mis- manipulation, but genuine need and understand people, which is an empathy, different skill set, right? And then articulate how the product works for them in that way and that's a marketing job right so that's that's obviously what your huge skill is from your instagram days i guess and so it feels to me sometimes people need to bring an external consultant in which kind of brings me to the point where we ought to give you a chance to to tell us if you have this is your pitch moment but you don't really have anything to sell i think but you know if people do want to get in touch with you obviously you've been extremely successful we we haven't quite finished yet but i feel like we should give people a chance to to know who you are and how to get in touch what should, should people do yeah I would say follow me on my personal Instagram account, Samantha Kazooch. There you would really be able to see kind of an example of everything here that I'm talking about. Because over there, I'm sharing stuff from the business, behind the scenes of the business, stuff in my life, all those things. And the last things that I post, I'm like, what's the point of posting this? But again, I'm always thinking about even my end consumer, even if they're just want, an entrepreneur just wants to follow me. But everything that I've done to date to build this multi-million dollar company has literally just been being me and helping people with their, you know, their lives. And my product just happens to be a tool for them to be able to do that. So that's what I would say. And I, I don't coach. I don't do any of that anymore. I'm fully invested in just, you know, supporting my community. And what's actually funny is When I started this journal company in the beginning, I'll be honest, I started this, I dove into it because one, I'd been on social media for 10 years at this point, right? And I was like, you know what? I'm so tired of being on social media every day. I don't want to be the face of my brand anymore, right? I thought I was done. And then here I am now, still three, four years later with this company being the face of the brand because I saw how important it was. I couldn't just exit out. I'd just be like any one of those other companies, right? But there's so much magic. And if you could only see what happens inside our community and how, you know, these women rave about the product and 
even if it's not them using the product, they're just building relationships between each other there. And I think, again, coming back to what this world kind of needs and desires is is kind of that. So if you're interested in just kind of seeing everything that I've kind of talked about, well, like, how do I show up online? Like, what should I share? What shouldn't I share? I'm not saying I'm like perfection at it, but what I've been doing actually has worked for me. So that's where you can connect. Right. And that's Smith Kazuse, S-M-I-T-H, I presume, and then K-O-Z-U-C-H or K-O-Z-U-C-H. Yes. S-A-M-K-N-T-H-A-K-O-Z-U-C-H. Okay, right. We'll, we'll put that in the show notes as well, which you'll find over at 10kcollectivefolks.com. Uh, 10kcollective.com, I should say. So tell me a bit more about this, the profit side for the more numbers-driven guys, maybe like myself. And it's funny, I admire your level of empathy and mission. I was just thinking, can I honestly put hand on heart and say I've been like that in e-commerce? And the answer is no, which may explain why you're well, such a successful business and some of us are struggling. But the numbers have got to work, right? So obviously, you've got a profitable business. Tell me a bit about how that stacks up a bit on D2C. I mean, for example, are you breaking even on the first sale and then relying on the repeat sales, which you're obviously building an incredibly loyal following, which is your your absolute ninja skill, it seems to me. And, and is that how it works or, or how is it sort of set up? Yeah, we are right now where we're profitable actually on the first sale, which is really kind of tough to do. But again, I feel also like just the combination of everything that we do helps with that. And also our price point, like we are a $60 journal. So, and, but with that, the value that comes, it's not just this $60 spiral notebook and here you go and that's it, right? Some overpriced notebook. We've really built in a lot of value into the product. For example, there's a course that comes with the product. There's a community that comes with it. I teach a masterclass every single month. And for those of you that are thinking, oh, well, I, you know, I sell this physical product that doesn't need a community or I can't do what you're doing. I challenge you on that because I have received even just most recently, I had even ordered some facial skincare on Amazon. And a couple of days later, I got an email saying, and I didn't even know you could do this on Amazon or even had this idea, but they sent this email and I thought it was like an Amazon email, right? And it was this whole email saying, hello, this is the free PDF download that comes with your skincare. This is how you use it. Then enough. If you click this here, you'll be able to watch tutorial videos on how to use it. And I was just mind blown. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to incorporate this into our Amazon side to get, you know, consumers out of Amazon basically, because we all know you can't put, you know, certain things in your products or put in like get the customer's information or whatever directly. But I thought that was such a smart way to do it. So I know that every single product out there, you could lead on with creating some sort of tutorial video course, how to use it, ways to use it, PDF download, like how can you add on this kind of additional value so that one, the customer is like, oh my God, I only paid X amount of dollars for this and I'm getting all of this. This is amazing. What are they then going to do? Tell their friends about it or share it on social media themselves. So doing those little things and then just really, like I mentioned, like when we create our content, like we are really tapping into, you know, why someone needs this and we're not just running ads just to get clicks. Like we really focus on driving traffic that is meant to buy and see our product too. So I feel like sometimes people waste a lot of money just to get a ton of traffic to their site, right? 
And then they're wondering why their conversions are so low. So we honestly, we're watching and my fiance, he does all of our paid marketing and he's really great at it. Luckily, because even in his previous businesses, I mean, he's dealt with so many agencies and we just haven't honestly had one that no one, no one cares as much about your product as you do, you know? So we're really focusing and watching how did this ad work? How did this one work? Like, And we're really always dialing it in. We're paying attention all the time. We're not just setting it and forgetting it. So that's kind of how we are able to be profitable on that first sale and then go from there. Brilliant. So the basic learnings, make sure that the, the price point's higher, which is kind of, yeah, I guess everyone wants high price points and everyone claims to be a luxury brand, but yeah, doing and the it, work, yeah, of work to create and, that, right? Yeah. And I feel like it's not even about being that high price point. It's just like, obviously, like, if your item is 50 cents or right, so I'm, I'm not saying charge $60 okay. for it. Our cost for creating this journal, it's a really big, it is a big, beautiful luxury journal. It's not cheap to make. And that's why it is priced at $60. But how we help, you know, alleviate the, oh my God, it's $60. Like that, it is expensive. It is expensive for a journal. But what it comes with and, and all the value adds that we have with it, it makes sense to that person that's attracted to it and loves it. And that's why these customers stay in our ethos, right? Like yeah. because they love it. They're happy with it. We have all of these things. So I feel like a lot of people, and I know a lot of people, maybe even listening, you know, they don't have a community. They just, you know, they're drop shippers or, or what have you, right? But I feel like instead of just kind of chasing that money, which could just go really high up and really down really fast. Like I'm in this game for the long term, right? Like I'm trying to build a company that honestly, eventually like, yeah, I'm going to sell and exit out of like, right. I'm not here to just get that big, large, whether it's six figures or a million in one year. And then I've dropped off the face of the earth, right? Like I'm building this company for longevity and building it to, you know, to really grow it and scale it for the long term too. So I think those of you listening, it's like, ask yourself, like, am I in this for the long term? Or am I in this just to make some quick money, get out, and then you're going to have to start over with the next thing. And we all know how painful it is to start from zero. I couldn't imagine having, I mean, I probably will probably after this one, because I just, I love the game, but it's it's hard to start a new company, right? Like it's it's not always fun. It's not always easy. And I personally would rather grow something big and large than having to do this over and over once, twice, three times a year. Yeah, I think that is absolutely true. I was just reflecting on the personality types that I've, I've got to know over the last decade in e-commerce. I think some people are the sort of people that are happy to be opportunist. And if that's you, I think that's actually a lot rarer than people think. Mm -hmm. People think of themselves as opportunists, but they're not really, really what they'd love to do is build something meaningful. And they're kind of kidding themselves. I've certainly been one of those people. And I think if that's you and it works for you, good for you. I know some people are like the sort of used car salesman type people. I'm like, whatever, if it works, great. <laughs> and they're happy and they're good at what they do. But I think other people need to not fall between stools. I think you're either opportunist in this mm -hmm. case, it's all about the numbers and flipping stuff. And there's plenty of people in the world that do that. As you're obviously on the mission to do building a long-term brand, long-term value, creates a very valuable, sellable asset at the end of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think falling between stores makes no sense. If you're going to build something that is your own product and you don't sell the business or you don't create something sellable, 
financially, you missed out on 60, 70% of the, the wealth creation. Yes. So why bother in the first place? Just go and drop ship stuff and then, you know, relax and, and accept that it will be a up and then down and the opportunity will disappear at some point and all yeah. do what you're doing. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. It's one or the other. And, and I think it's hard. Yeah. And staying, staying focused on that goal, right? Because even at the beginning, depending where you're at in your entrepreneurship and e-commerce journey, right? Like the first year for me was so hard. There were so many times that I just wanted to throw my computer out the window, shut it all down. Like, oh my gosh, like I, like, for example, we started during the pandemic. My journals, my first order that it was supposed to be delivered by Thanksgiving didn't come until three months later because my ship was stuck out in the Los Angeles port and they weren't letting any boats in. Like there were so many times that I wanted to throw in the towel. And even our first year barely made six figures in revenue, barely. And what's funny is if I let those numbers really get to me, for example, shiny object syndrome online, I'm seeing e-commerce people do 1 million in their first year or whatever. And I would consider if I consider myself a failure and shut it down because of that, I wouldn't be where I am today. We're now we're in the multi-million and this is only three and a half years later, which is crazy. So I think it's like, because of social media, it makes it seem so easy to try and build a brand and make money really quickly. And I think a lot of people look at that and then they look at their own business and be like, well, I've only made a couple thousand dollars. Like this is not working. It's no, it's showing up. It's being consistent and having that conversation with yourself. Like, okay, what is my goal? Is it to build it for long term? Is it to just be a quick hit? Because I can tell you, me and my fiance, like we love e-commerce now. Like we are. We, we are business millers. You have no idea how many times a month we send a product to each other and we're like, oh my God, we could totally build a brand around this. We could totally sell this. Like, this is a conversation we have all the time. And then we're just like, have to snap ourselves out of it. Be like, no, absolutely not. We're focused on manuscripting. So we, I, I get those hits too, but it's really about you've got to stay focused. And if you truly believe in that product or brand, like just keep going because the success will come. But if you decide one day like, oh, shiny object over here, I could make really quick money because this is trendy right now for the moment. Well, then that's why a lot of people don't have success because they're giving up way too soon on something that could have been something super great. Wow. How ironic that a, a veteran of social media and influencing is basically saying, don't, don't be influenced by social media. And yet, of course, your best place to know this. I mean, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, the the difficulty with entrepreneurs, I, one of my guests put it beautifully, Ken Burke, who built a brand to it. I think he was a, a, a market, an e-commerce marketplace, but they sold it for a billion dollars or something ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I mean, a real veteran, really, really lovely guy as well. And he said, here's the thing about entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs, by definition, are not focused and by they must be focused. Yes. And that is the tension, isn't it? What you just described, like, Oh, wow. That looks amazing. And you can come up with a legit business plan that will give you a million dollars in a year. Yes. And, you know, it could happen. And that's the mind F, you know, that's the thing that plays with you. And you have to just decide where you're going to put your focus. And look, I, I, I struggle with this like everybody else and mm -hmm. who doesn't. So you're absolutely right. I mean, great, great mindset thing on which to end. Very appropriate for a former slash current coach, it feels to me. And, and also manuscripting journal and we ought to just give you a bit of a plug so manuscripting m-a-n for november i-s-c-r-i-p-t-i-n-g so like manuscript only with an i cunning yep. bit of intellectual property by the way love that <laughs> uh, you, you can't argue the 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 lawyers would not argue with that in the states 
<laughs> and tell us a bit more about your journal because it sounds really attractive, particularly yeah. for entrepreneurs. So tell us, pitch your journal to us. Yeah. So the journal, I brought it into physical three years ago, but I actually started creating this method for myself when I was in my mid-20s. I had hit my personal quote-unquote rock bottom. I had gotten, even though I was doing really well in my career, I wasn't doing the things that I was supposed to be doing with my life. I was making really good money, living really well. I got arrested and that was my biggest wake-up call because I was avoiding going after the things that I really wanted to do because I was scared. I thought, you know, why why stir the pot if things are good right now? So when that had happened for me, I really had to get clear on who Samantha was, what I wanted to do with my life, how I wanted to do it, what was holding me back, all these sorts of things. So this journal today is basically a full-on method slash workbook slash daily journaling practice for someone to stay, to get clear on their goals and keep them top of mind every single day. And it's the method that I use for seven years to get to where I am today. I still use the journal every day. I get that big question, like as a founder, like, do you still even use your own product? Absolutely, yes. And now this is the product that's helping so many other people. We have a men's journal coming out next year because we've had so many men asking us or like the wives or girlfriends or sisters of guys, like, can I get this for my man too? But we have a men's journal coming out because my fiance, he, I mean, he's huge on journaling and goal setting and doing all that sort of stuff too. But that's the product and that's why it's helping so many people too. It's helping people change their lives. That's quite the story. So we know what our snippet's going to be at the top of the show. Arrested <laughs> follows by creating multi-million dollar business. Yes. Not, not, not recommending doing things that get you arrested, <laughs> rather. We're oh. recommending that you check out the Manuscripting Journal over at manuscripting.com. Samantha, it's been uh, an absolute pleasure to talk to you. I love your energy about this. It's very, very clear that this is a mission, not just a business. There is a different vibe that comes off somebody when it's not just about the numbers. And nothing wrong with being you know, aware of numbers. I was going to say driven by numbers, though, is a bit different, isn't it? And you seem driven by a mission yeah. and aware of the numbers. And I think that that distinction is really, really important. So anything else I should have asked you that we didn't get to today? No, I think at the end of the day, to anyone listening, it's like, listen to your gut, listen to your intuition. That's going to get you to success. Sometimes it feels really hard or it feels like it doesn't make sense, but just follow it. And I promise you, it'll get you there. Excellent. Well, it's a very sort of Californian slash American dream sentiment with which to end. That seems entirely suitable. Thank you so much. So Samantha Pazuch of the Manuscripting Journal, Manuscripting, a real pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks so much. Do you want to grow your Amazon business bigger or faster? I bet you do. If so, a free audit of your Amazon business can help you see and avoid threats and find some golden missed opportunities. Generally, I charge at least $150 an hour these days for my time, but this is free. You can be a reseller or a brand owner. All I ask is that you're doing at least a few thousand dollars a month in sales. If you are, just go to myamazonaudits.com, scroll down, click on Amazon Audit, and book in a time and we'll see each other on a Zoom call. That's M-Y-A-M-A-Z or Z-O-N-A-U-D-I-T dot com. Thank you very much for listening and I hope to see you on a call soon. 
Thanks for listening to the 10K Collective podcast for six and seven figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.